Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. As always, it is my hope and prayer that you find this episode inspirational and informative. Well, it's springtime, y'all. Spring is here. Spring is an important cycle in this thing that we call life. It's a time of the year where things start to come back to life. The days become longer. The bees start buzzing. A few minutes ago, I even heard some birds chirping very loudly. And it's odd. Maybe they're nightingales or something because it's like 8 o'clock at night. And they were just singing and singing and singing. But the birds start chirping again. Starts, um, flowers start growing again. And greenery comes back. It marks the end of hibernation and the awakening and revival of something new and beautiful. Literally and hopefully figuratively. For all of us. You know, I'm going to be a little honest. I don't always like the beginning of spring. (laughs) The beginning of spring is a little hard for me because I do have allergies. I've developed allergies as I've gotten older, not only to pollen, but also to dogs. And I absolutely love dogs. But the beginning of spring for me is very tough. So I, I tend to stay in the house and I just admire all of the beauty from inside. And um, to be honest, during this whole pandemic, it's helped a lot because it's helped me to be able to breathe, wear masks and things of that nature. But now that we are coming out of, you know, having to wear masks here in North Carolina, we no longer have to wear masks. That mandate has been lifted. Um, yeah, this this spring has been kind of tough. <laughs> but nonetheless, I still admire the beauty of spring and all that it brings but just from inside the house, (laughs) just from indoors. (laughs) But mother nature isn't the only one awakening when it comes to springtime. We as human, we always, we're also, I should say, are awakening too. According to um, Dr. Karen Anderson April, she says that spring provides us an ideal context for beginning relationships. The weather is changing and sunshine energizes us, especially those of us, those of us, why am I tongue tied today? Especially those of us that live in cold um, cities where we have hibernated all winter. We've survived the winter and now it's time to have fun. And she's right. Spring brings warmer weather, which makes us want to get out more, to do more. The days are longer. We want to interact with people outside more. And that can in turn make us want to interact with other people's bodies. Am I right? <laughs> people start wearing less clothes. You know what I'm saying? You start seeing these men with their shorts and everything and they start looking good. You know? <laughs> so yeah, the spring brings out almost like an animalistic kind of part of us, right? Um, in addition to that part, um, spring is also wedding season. So it brings out the hopeful romantic in us. It makes us want to find the one, live and fall in love, get married, you know, those things. And it just, it just has so much beautifulness when it comes to spring. A side note question though, I asked this question in Dating with Herpes, DWH on Facebook. Um, Does these spring weddings, does it make you want to get married or stay single? The real question I wanted to know, but I didn't want to single my guys out. I wanted to know if the guys feel the same way. Do you guys really, when y'all attend weddings, what does it make you really think? Does it make you think, 
yeah, I think I want to get married one day. Or is it repellent? Do you like, nah, I don't want to go through all of this. This is, this is too much. <laughs> Tell me what you guys think. If you're in DWH, y'all let me know. Hit me up. And if you're not on DWH, email me at Hope at gmail.com. Let me know what y'all think. I want to know what you guys think about weddings when it comes to attending weddings and what 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 are the afterthoughts after you've, you've attended a wedding. Anyways, many of us are ready to get back into the dating pool, especially around springtime. Some of us may feel that in the winter, but I think it's more so in the spring and summer months that especially for women, you know, you want to take vacations with your bag. You want to do all these cute little things, you know, and, and go places um, or, you know, do things, you know, as couples. Vacation, I think, is the most the, the, the top thing that a lot of us women want to do when the weather starts getting warmer. So or you may be wanting to just find a couple of forevers. Maybe this spring weather is making you want to, you know, fall in love and get married and have a couple of forevers. The unfortunate part is that the pool water, as far as this dating pool water, is mercury as hell. It's murky, murky, not mercury, but murky as hell. It's murky as hell. Dating is so hard these days. So I wanted to take the time to discuss some things that we may need to take into consideration before we take that dive into the dating pool. So let's get started. Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H-I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Yahira.jones.1. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. All right. In an article called Dating in a Change in America, author Joseph Chimey states 
that in a 2019 national survey, nearly half of U.S. adults and a majority of women said that dating has become harder in the last 10 years, which I agree. (laughs) It says that two thirds of women said that it's hard to find someone who is looking for the same kind of relationships. I agree. And meet their standards. I agree. (laughs) Whereas about one third of men said it's hard to find someone who meets their expectations. Now, this article, this quote, it brought me back to a TikTok TikTok post of a guy who said, somebody's out here lying. Somebody's out here lying. How is it possible that we're all looking for the same things, but it's so hard to find the one? Right. And I thought that was a great question when I saw that video. So I wanted to look up the definition of these words, standard and expectation, because on the surface, when I read this article, I was like the guy from TikTok. I was like, aren't these the same things in in essence? Isn't standard and expectation about the same thing? So why is it so hard for us to find the one? So by definition, Y'all gonna have to stay, y'all gonna have to kind of stay with me on this because this is the definition. It's lengthy, okay? <laughs> so by definition, standard means a level of quality or attainment, an ideal or thing used as a measure, norm or model in comparative evaluations, used or accepted as normal on average. In reference to relationships, relationship standards are minimum requirements that is a person feels certain qualities must be present or must not be present in the case of unwanted behaviors or values and failing to meet these requirements result in a deal breaker quote unquote on an emotional level these standards are inflexible so that is the the definition of standard and the and how standard the word standard or standards apply in relationships and i wish i had exactly the definition i took just from webster okay but the in reference to a relationship i can't remember where i got this from i I found this in an article and i can't remember so i'm sorry i can't quote where i got that from but let's go on to expectations so expectation by definition is a strong belief that some will, something will happen or be the case in the future. A belief that someone will or should achieve something. Now, in reference to expectations in a relationship, expectation is the idea of what you want out of a partner and the relationship. And although they sound similar, they are completely two different things. This is why men and women are not on the same page when it comes to relationships. And that's me saying that this is why we're not on the same on the same page, because they sound similar, but they are completely different. So therefore, we're looking for different things from each other, thinking that we're looking for the same thing. Why is it so complicated? (laughs) So I took a note from John Diero, and he's the chief operations officer at Edison Properties on the differences between standards and expectations in the workplace. Okay. 
And this is what he had to say. He said, when it comes to management, the terms, expectations, and standards are often used interchangeably. There is an actual big difference. And that difference has particularly significant implications on management effectiveness. An expectation is a strong belief that something will happen in the future. A standard is something that is used as a measure, a norm, or a model for comparative evaluations. Managers are often fond of telling staff that they must meet expectations, but there is never a time that this is a good bar to set. If staff is not already meeting standards on a consistent basis, isn't the expectation that they will not all of a sudden start doing so now? Telling them to meet expectations is equivalent to telling them to continue falling short of standards. If the team is consistently meeting standards, the manager should be challenging them to perform at a new and higher level. More realistically, the team may be consistently meeting some standards, but it's unlikely that they are consistently meeting every standards. In that case, the manager should be thanking the team for the standards that they're meeting and challenging them to begin meeting the rest of these standards. Wow. Wow. Did y'all get that? Did y'all get, did y'all pick up the nuggets from everything that this man has said? I know he's talking about a business, but this can be applied in relationships. Did you get it? So basically he's saying expectations are the things that we hope for, right? These are the things that we want in the future when it comes to relationship. If we applied what he said to relationships, right? These are the things that we hope to attain in a relationship, But how can you want these things, right? How can you aspire for these things if you don't have any standards? If you don't have any structure in what type of relationship you want, what you're willing to accept, what you're willing to put up with, what you're not going to put up with, and what you're going to do without. How can you build the house if you don't have the blueprint? Y'all get, do y'all, do y'all, did y'all get what I got from what this man said? I got so much from him. So let's go back to the survey. Women are saying that they can't find, and I'm also saying they can't find someone that meets their standards, while men are saying they can't find someone to meet their expectations. A standard is what you will or will not allow in your life. You set the standards, you control what you accept. An expectation is what you hope the other person brings to the table, but you have no control over what a person does, how they act. The only thing you control is you. So you have to, so just from saying that alone, all that you can control is you. So you have to start with the standards. You have to start with the standards. You cannot enter in a relationship saying, this is what I want the person to bring into the table this is what i want from them no you have to start with you what will i allow what 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 do i want what do i want from a partner not what are they going to bring what do i want from a partner what will i not accept from a partner and i'm gonna tell you um just as a side note no i'll talk about that later i'll talk about that later let's let's stay on task 
let's stay on task. <laughs> I think I'm going somewhere here. I think I'm going somewhere here. All right. So where, where did I stop? Okay. Um, expectations. Now this, this, I think that this is the struggle between men and women. When it comes to relationships, men think women are too complicated and at times require too much in a relationship. And women often feel that men do not take the relationship seriously enough and quickly lose interest when things don't go their way or the way that they like they would like for them to go. And I'm sorry, there's a plane passing over my apartment. I'm so sorry if you hear that. <laughs> but let's keep going. So my question for men is how can you have expectations if you don't have standards? And I'm not even going to say this just to the men. I'm just, I just put that out there because that's what the survey said, right? But there are also some women who think this way too, right? There's women who have expectations and no standards. And there's men, there are men out there who also have standards, but, um, don't really have too much expectations, right? So this expectation and standards thing is interchangeably, but for the sake of the reference of the survey, that's why I'm categorizing men who are the ones who want the, who, who are, uh, they're saying that women are not meeting their expectations and women are saying that, um, men are not meeting their standards. Okay. This is just general. This is just, this is just, you know, I'm not saying everyone is like that, but just for the sake of this conversation, right? The general, um, ideal, this is what, how women think. And this is how men think generally. Okay. Cause I know it's going to be some people say, well, I don't think like that. Boo, you may be the exception to the rule, but the majority thinks this way, right? (laughs) The majority think this way. You're just the exception. Okay. All right. And so I asked the question um, to the men. So my question to the men is, how can you have expectations if you don't have standards? And for us women, our standards are our standards reasonable. Do we have reasonable standards or are they too high or they could be or maybe they may be too low? Let's evaluate. This is what spring should be. The ones who are wanting to get back in the dating pool this spring and summer. Before we get back in here, the reason why I'm bringing this conversation to the forefront, instead of just jumping out there, let's take the time to evaluate our thought process because ain't nobody got time for the foolishness in 2022. (laughs) Nobody got time for it. I don't know about you, but I have no more time for it. Okay. We'll get into that later. Okay. (laughs) So I'm asking the question, when was the last time you took a minute to evaluate your guidelines for dating. Have you set them? Do they meet the needs, not the wants, not only the wants, I should say, but do they meet your needs for the stages that you are or wherever you are in life and for your future? Or are you holding on to those same standards and expectations from 10, 20 years ago that haven't served you well at all? Maybe it's time we need to reevaluate what those standards and expectations are. And I'm sorry if I'm stepping on people's toes, but like I just said, we don't have time to play anymore. I don't know about you, maybe for my 20 year old listeners, maybe y'all got the time, but speaking for 44 year old Yahira Jones, I have no more time for the foolishness. Okay. Well, I found this article and it's entitled Setting Standards for a Healthy Relationship 
And it was done by USC Center for Work and Family Life. And it talks about the importance of setting standards and why we are sometimes afraid of enforcing them, right? And that's what it is. We're just afraid to enforce them. And I think this um, article actually gives us a pretty good guideline for setting the standards. So let's get into it. So the article points out that relationship standards are minimum requirements. That is, a person feels certain qualities must be present or must not be present in the case of unwanted behaviors or values and failing to meet these requirements result in deal breakers. It's a no go. (laughs) On an emotional level, these standards are inflexible. So for example, they do give an example and I think it's a pretty good example. It says Noah has always wanted children, but falls in love with Alicia who hates kids. Noah can forsake his standards marry Alicia and agree to not have children, but cannot honestly stop himself from wanting them or feeling resentment towards Alicia for depriving him of a family. This illustrates how dropping below a standards carries a heavy emotional cost. Although setting high expectations for a relationship may limit opportunities, a person can decide to be single, even lonely, is preferable to feeling angry, sad, hurt, distressed, unfulfilled due to unmet needs. And I feel that is so powerful. Which one is worse to you? Not being in a relationship. And I think that's what we, we, we have to think about these things, right? We have to start thinking about these things, me included. I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Like there are things that I say that, you know, I don't want my, my mate to do, or, you know, I don't want these type of behaviors. I don't want him to have these type of habits, but then I meet somebody, they, they seem pretty cool. And then I forget my standard. And then in the long run, those people are going to continue to do the same thing. And if I even bring it up, they'll probably be like, well, you knew I was like this when you met me. So now I'm in love, right? I'm in love with this person, but I hate their habits. I hate the way they speak. I hate the way that they have, you know, relationship with other people. I hate that they don't have ambition. These are the things that I always wanted, but I settled because I didn't want to be lonely. I wanted to be loved, right? (laughs) Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we do it to ourselves? Now, I wanted to point out something that the article briefly touched on, and that's physical attributes are not standards. They are preferences. A lot of times we confuse, oh, my standard is I want a woman or I want a man that looks like this, looks like that. You may say um, he has to be 6'2", dark skin, perfect teeth. She has, she can't have bad feet. She can't wear a weave. She has to have a big butt. She has to have 34 D's. These are not standards. These are preferences. And don't get me wrong. I understand the desire to be with someone you're attracted to, but leave that at least to a preference. Don't confuse it with a standard. Being too specific with what you prefer can limit your possibilities. Standards are non-negotiable. Preferences are. You can meet somebody, she could have the flattest chest. I mean, she could look like <laughs> she, she she could have 
a, a size A cup. She can have a negative A cup, but then have everything else that you're looking for in a woman. Why limit yourself that way? You know what I'm saying? Why limit yourself? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so the same article goes on to showing us how to actually set these standards, the best approach to setting these standards. And it says, according to negotiation guru, Chester Caracas, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. This philosophy assumes that a person does not depend on luck or external forces to have success, but possesses the ability to actively influence others to meet their needs. The same principle applies when setting relationship standards. Once a person negotiates his or her standards, communicate them and enforce them. He or she will influence others to treat them in the way that they're in the way that meets their needs and will ultimately find a partner who will rise to those standards. And I'm going to stop there for a second because it's not saying that, you know, what this person is saying, what this author is saying, that just because you put out there, this is what I am. These are my standards. These are my non-negotiables that everyone is not going to rise to the occasion. Some people are going to look at you crazy. You know, some people are going to be like, this is too much. You're asking for too much. I mean, I hear it all. I don't hear it all the time, but I've heard it before. You know what I'm saying? And that's okay. Not everybody is going to meet your expectations or standards. You just want one. You know what I'm saying? And it may be hard to find that one, but if it's important to you, if this, if these realistic standards and expectations that you've set, that you've really evaluated and you say, these are my non-negotiables and these are the things that I'm willing to negotiate on and somebody actually rises to the occasion. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? You know what I'm saying? So let's not just be afraid to enforce these things or be afraid to be lonely. So we settle. We know that these types of behaviors don't match with ours. I'd rather be alone. And that's what the person, the author said earlier in the article, I'd rather be alone than to be unhappy. Right? Cause at least I can do the things that I want to do alone. Right? If I'm in a relationship and say, for instance, I get married to someone and I've, I've settled on, on every standard that I've ever set. I just settled because I didn't want to be alone. How miserable will life be? I will be complaining about my husband all the time. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that life. I don't want that life. I don't want it. So we got to stick to our guns. We got to, you know, if, if it's reasonable and what we've sat down and evaluated and we made reasonable standards. I don't think there's nothing wrong with sticking to them. I really don't. Um, it goes on to say, if someone does not demand standards from a relationship part romantic partner, then that partner will likely behave to a level of his or her own comfort, which will unlikely meet the other person's need. They're going to do what they want to do. If you don't set those standards, they're going to walk over you. They're going to, you know, everything that you've, you, you've set in your mind that you did not communicate or did not negotiate as a standard. Then be like, child, please, 
you should have told me this before we got together. We in this now a couple of years. You can't expect me to change. And then what happens? You either break up or you live miserably. Either way, you're not happy. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Either way, you wasted time. Either way, you're unhappy. So let's do it in the beginnings. Let's get it over with. Let people know what you want and what you expect. And I don't think that the author means that you, when you meet a person, that it's your job to change them to meet your needs. What he's saying is you need to voice your needs. A lot of times, especially with us, we want to, we don't want to ruffle feathers. You know, we meet someone um, who is accepting of our condition, of our skin condition, this virus. And when we find ourselves with this person and they're accepting, we throw all of our other standards out the window because they're accepting of this one thing. So all of our standards are no longer important because they're accepting of this virus. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? No, we need to say what we need in a partner. And that's the only way a partner will know. That's the only way your potential partner will know what you need is when you, when you voice them. You have to voice them. We tend to get mad and lash out when our partners are not meeting our needs. But how will they ever know if we don't tell them? And just like disclosure, the best time to express your standards and expectation in a relationship is in the beginning stages. Then the both of you can decide if you want to continue. If your expectations and standards are the same or similar and that, you know, it's okay, we can continue this or we need to go our separate ways. If your partner can't hang, then let them go. Let them find someone who can. Why be unhappy in a relationship? Why be unhappy in a relationship? You want to be happy. And until you find someone who meets those standards, continue to work on yourself. Now, the article goes on to say, where should I set the bar? A good starting point for setting standards is writing down a list of qualities and behaviors that make you the happiest in a relationship. Are you the most, that are the most meaningful to you, that are non-negotiable, you're unwilling to live with or without. Um, you can make this list a work in progress, it says. And modify it at any time. If you want to borrow some ideas, and they list some ideas here, and I'll share some of them. I'm not going to share all of them as they listed like 20 things. <laughs> but the first thing is that I must be attracted to the person. And it's not the same of listing every physical attribute of the of a, or feature of the person. At least be attracted to them. And I think that's important. So, I, you know, I want to be attracted to the person that I'm with as well. The person must want me and have a genuine interest or desire to spend time with me. I think that's important too. The person must be honest, trustworthy, and faithful. That's of course important. I must feel safe with this person. The person must have ambitions and goals and be successful or, or success, success oriented. The person must believe in equality and fairness in relationship. The person must treat me well and be excessively uh, and not be excessively critical. The person must uh, make an effort to get along with my family and friends. The person must have his own life and his or his or her own life and interests separate from mine, which I think is really important. The person must be able to handle conflict and differences in a fair and civil manner. They must have effective communication 
Um, the person must bring positive energy. And in the event, if you have children, the person, the person must like children. The article goes on to say, once you've established those essentials, you might try working on the wish list, the characteristics that you desire or may look for in per- when pursuing a relationship, but maybe negotiable if you meet someone great who doesn't have all of those um, qualities. All right. you guys enjoying this episode so far so far i've talked about standards the difference between standards and expectations and how to set standards now i'm gonna do something i haven't done ever in the history of dating with herpes i'm gonna break this episode into two segments i felt like i was just talking and talking and talking my throat was getting dry i was running out of breath <laughs> And I know the second part is just as equally long. And I've noticed that in the past that my episodes, they fairly run about run about 45 minutes an hour. So I think from here on, I'm going to break each episode into two parts. So on the next Dating with Herpes, we're going to talk about and dig into setting expectations. All right. So if you guys would like to reach out to me, if you would like to possibly do an interview with me, if you'd like to share any show ideas, any episode ideas, please reach out to me at yahirajoneshope at gmail.com. That is Y-A-H-I-R-A-J-O-N-E-S-H-O-P-E dot com. I'm gmail at gmail.com. <laughs> um, you can also hit the show notes at the um, bottom of your screen. If you leave me a message via the show notes, I am unable to respond. It's just for read purposes only. So if you just want to shout out that you've been listening to Dating with Herpes and you like what you hear, you can shout me out that way. I would love to see that positive um, energy on um, on these um, platforms that stream, stream these episodes. Um, also, if you have not joined DWH, please join DWH. I've already provided um, an ad that gives you information on how to become a member of DWH on Facebook. I appreciate all of the new members that have joined. We have been getting a lot of new members. We have hit a milestone. Keep in mind, this is a private group, but we have reached a hundred members on DWH. <laughs> I was so excited about that. I have um, become a little bit more active. I'm, I'm making an effort to to be in there and post and share. I recently did a um, uh, um, review, actually not the review, but an unboxing. Um, Belize Spivey, who was the young lady I interviewed last on the last episode, she sent me a beautiful care packet of her products. She sells products for. Um, outbreaks and prevention and all of that stuff, um, how to treat your body when you're having an outbreak. And she sent me a sample package of, um, her products and I took them out of the, out of the, um, packaging and showed everyone on DWH in the video. So if you're interested in seeing what the products look like, um, and I'm actually going to post a review Um, and DWH because I was having an outbreak at the time and I was able to use Belize's products. So I will do a follow-up review video 
um, on my experience on using her product. As you can hear, my voice is going out. And that is another reason why I've decided to do a part two to this episode instead of continuing to talk. Um, but yeah, if you need to hit me up, yahirajoneshope at gmail.com, show notes. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for all of your support. Until next time, be safe and God bless.